Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Larry Crider here with the Larry Crider Leadership Podcast. Honored and blessed today to have with me right here in the same room, my friend for many years, Keith Yoder. We had you here in the past. It's great to have you back. So much inside you that we all want to just learn from you. So Keith, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Larry. I'm glad to continue um, this conversation. It's um, a blessing to reflect on leadership and share it with others. Yeah, there's so many that are young leaders. I remember when I was a young leader, you knew me back in some of those days and just trying to learn. I mean, here I am, an older man, still trying to learn about leadership because as long as we live, we learn. And we want to continue to learn and learn so much from you already. And I want to share what I've learned from, from you, have you share this with other people that are all over the world who are part of this podcast. And again, from... From many, many nations. So I think where we're going to start today, Keith, uh, where we're going to start today is we're going to talk about what are some significant life lessons that you have learned over the years? Talk to me about that. Well, I would highlight that oneness exceeds unity. There's so much... Um, Explain that. There's so much emphasis on unity, and it's, it's a little bit like sand. It slips through your hand when you, you grasp it. Um, and I would say unity is not necessarily the primary goal that we should be seeking. Oneness makes a significant difference and leads us to unity as well. Okay, explain that further. So oneness is more based on our identity. Okay. Jesus prayed in the garden in John 17 that we would be one even as he and the Father are one. And so that brings us back to the whole attitude of the Trinity of being for one another, of being toward one another, of being uh, honoring and deferring and preferring one another. So that whole posture of being one, the Lord our God is one, is not a numerical thing, it's oneness. That's really good. And so out of the oneness of the Trinity, That's what Jesus prayed that we would enter into. Beautiful. And so oneness is because we are in Christ, because we are in the kingdom, we have an identity that supersedes any issue, any challenge, any question. Wow. Now, we have diversity of gifts, diversity of perspectives, and so forth. So unity is when we bring those together we still recognize the distinctiveness right. of those differences, but unity is uh, a capacity to harmonize those things without removing the distinctives necessarily. Yes. So many times when people are pursuing unity, they're trying to get things to be the same, whereas the That's essence true. of unity is it's like a musical instrument. You, it's harmonizing different notes working together, right. harmonizing. Every string in the violin is different. Yeah, there's a yes. harmony as the, it comes yes. together. 
But if you're trying to get that without a sense of identity that we are already one in Christ, mm. then the focus is on trying to create sameness or likeness of thought or perspective in order to, let's say, work together, et cetera. Sure. So as you've seen in relating to people all over the world, cross-culturally, right. the unity and regional church efforts mm -hmm. to be unified, sure. it basically comes down to we're one in Christ, and so we can celebrate that and some of these other things we lay aside in order to work together. Right. So the point is oneness makes unity richer and fuller and more fruitful. Beautiful. Beautiful. So do you t you've written the book, Presence-Based Leadership, Mastering yes. the Art of Presence-Based Leadership, which I loved. I mean, read this book. Again, I mentioned in a former podcast, my wife, Laverne, just loves this book, and it's, it's so helpful. Do you deal with that at all, that whole concept in this book? Yes. Oneness is one of the primary um, points of the book. And again, it comes out of being in the presence of God, as you can see throughout the Bible, when someone met God personally, it transformed them in their character, yeah. in their calling, and they became one with God's heart. Whether it was Isaiah or Moses or uh, Daniel, when they met God, it changed them yeah. into that oneness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. Again, the book is Presence-Based Leadership by Keith Yoder, and I highly recommend this book. Anything more do you want to say about that before you go on? Well, if I could just highlight, uh, we have a statement that summarizes yeah, presence-based leadership. I'd love to hear that. There are three key words here, guiding, abiding, and surrendering. Okay. Presence-based leadership is guiding others by practicing sensitivity and submission to the presence and direction of Jesus, mm. abiding moment by moment in the strength peace, wisdom, life, and love of his person. Mm -hmm. Surrendering all discernment, all discernment, mm. conversations, attitudes, opinions, plans, actions, reputation, and authority to Christ's authority and purpose. So again, we unfold each of those dimensions of right. guiding. You know, leadership is taking people somewhere. That's right. Uh, but it's, they are going, it's not forcing them. We are guiding them to do so. Mm -hmm. It comes out of abiding in the presence of Christ. Beautiful. And in that, with the posture of surrendering everything. So it's not abolishing it's surrendering, it's bringing, it's offering, it's taking all of our experience and bringing that to a point of discernment. Mm. Uh, our gifts, our abilities. So it's surrendering. It's a yielding of our heart and mind to what is God doing? What does God wish to do? What is God saying now, today? It's fantastic. You know, as leaders, if we say, well, God worked in me in a mighty way 10 years ago, and so therefore you should be listening to me today. That's essentially 
pride. That's right. That's right. So that's why presence-based leadership is moment by moment. Mm -hmm. What is God saying today? I can bring what God did in the past, sure. but it doesn't justify my position today. Mm -hmm. that's, that's fantastic. You know, a few months ago I read the uh, Unexhausted Leader book by Lisa Hostler from Align Ministries. And a great book. And uh, you know, Lisa quotes in there, quotes you and presence-based leadership and how that's helped her and their ministry so much. And uh, so I, anyway, I just want to highly recommend this book for anyone who's listening, Presence-Based Leadership by Keith Yoder. Keith, talk to us about other significant life lessons. Are there others? I'm sure there are, but which ones do you want to pick out today? Well, we are created in God's image, male and female. And so it's very important that we are honoring both men and women when it comes to discernment, when yes. it comes to leadership. And so uh, what is on my heart is to see how can we help men and women partner in leadership. Beautiful. Because that was the original commission. Mm -hmm. The first commission was to them. Mm -hmm. God blessed them yeah. mm -hmm. and said to them, rule. Correct. Or lead in, yeah. on the earth. Um, I think it's important, though, that we honor the distinctives that each gender brings mm -hmm. to life. Correct. When you homogenize it, then we lose mm -hmm. the distinctives. Uh, when you homogenize it, typically women uh, are the ones who get less um, worth and value in that process. That's happened so many times. Convergence is a oh, I love that word. truth that... Talk to us uh, about convergence. I love that. Bobby Clinton has yeah. a book, The Making of a Christian Leader, right. where he introduces that. But that's become a major life lesson. And um, it's basically, over time, we learn what we are good at, what we can do well, our skills, our capacities. And over time, we face various challenges and tests of our character. And when who we are by way of character and what we can do is clarified by way of experience, yes. when those two things converge and who we are and what we do are one, that's when we have an even greater impact as a leader on our sphere of influence. That's so true. And I tell younger leaders, you know, convergence will come. It'll be a, t it'll be a time yes. when you find out, this is why God wired me the way he had. This is who yes. I am. This is who God created me to be. And when you get to that place, it's, it's a wonderful thing. What ages do you think people usually come into convergence? Well, it's often, um, you know, I think it's possible in your 30s. Sure. Uh, there are little hints along the way. I think it's probably even stronger, let's say, in one's 50s. But Yeah, I would uh, too. Uh, but I, I recall I was at a congregation ministering, working with a leadership group on a weekend, and um, I was sitting there, and we, we realized that by gifting, all of the deacons were really governmental, and they were elders. And that all the elders, by gifting, were really servers who were deacons. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I pointed this out to them, and I said, really, you just need to switch positions. <laughs> and so 
we said, well, how can we do that? I said, well, I'm here. I can help you do it this weekend. So sure. we did it. But the point of it was, I'm sitting there at this table realizing, this is what I was made for. Exactly. <laughs> that was convergence for sure. me. Sure. Uh, so I was in my 30s. Oh, I was beyond my 30s then when that happened. But so I would say there's a major shift again in our mental capacity and also, therefore, our moral capacity that takes place in our mid-30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when that's accomplished, uh, it really uh, we're really set to bring those two things, who we are and what we do together. Yeah, I think I was probably either in my mid-40s, or maybe 50s, until that really became clear to me. Yes. Because I served as a quote-unquote pastor for many years, and my wife is the pastor, really, more than I love her, and so pastoral, uh, more than I am. I and mean, I love people. But I'm thinking about where's the next place we go, where's the next nation we go to, where we send missionaries. That's just how I'm wired by God. And uh, that's why more the apostolic role was a better role for me than being a quote-unquote pastor of a church. But that came, I think, in my mid-40s to 50s. So it's different for everyone. You probably came into convergence younger than I did. But I just encourage younger leaders, look, don't be afraid to try things. Right. Don't be afraid to try things. If it doesn't work, it's okay. We just listen to God, and God leads us step by step. It might, you know, his sheep hear his voice, and eventually you'll get to a place of convergence where you're really fulfilled doing what God's called you to do. Yeah, very, very good. Um, any other life? I got a lot of questions here for you, but you have any other life lessons you want to share with us? Well, I would say, obviously, organizations reflect leadership, right? Strengths and weaknesses. That's true. And so um, I recall one leader, I'd been with his congregation for the weekend, and and they were having a lot of trouble just moving. They were just apathetic, really. And so as he was taking me to the airport on Monday, uh, he was saying, I'm not a very good leader because the congregation was sure. apathetic. Sure. I said, oh, no, you're a great leader. You have led your congregation into apathy. <laughs> And that was the spark that he needed to realize, well, I can make a difference here. If I change, they'll change. That's it. And That's he did. It. And he continues to be, even to this day, and I'm, I'm talking more than two decades later, that congregation is doing well, and he's an effective leader and is helping other congregations. He just needed to realize what he did makes a real difference. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's amazing. I, I just wanted to, to say that for those who don't know who are listening to this podcast, uh, I've been you know privileged to be in leadership at Dev International now for 40-some years. And uh, when we became, we went from a mega church to become a family of churches, there were really two key men that helped us make that transition. And one was you, Keith, and the other was Floyd McClung, who's now with the Lord. And uh, you've been with us for many years and gleaned from your wisdom from s- for so many years. And I'm just blessed today to have others outside of ourselves glean from the wisdom that, that God has, has given to you. Uh, as you look back, what are some mistakes that you made? Uh, I would say— or Maybe you never made a mistake. Oh, I made a couple, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say in college, I learned the importance of listening. And I began to be a reflective listener, and that really was helpful in counseling, you know, feeding, peop- feeding back to people what they're experiencing sure. and validating their experience and their feelings. Okay. But what I would say was a mistake that I made is I became so validating 
and not, um, if you will, giving input or direction. Right. That I would say that was a mistake. Not that it hurt people, but I was not giving them what they needed. Right. And so while it was great to learn to be a listener, and that's a, a quality that I have and people appreciate that, what I've had to learn to do was there are times where you give direction, you give input. So in later years, I become much more directive. And so I'm a little actually concerned about myself that I'm being more directive more quickly sure. before I validate. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, I would say the balancing validation with direction um, is something that we all need to navigate. And I, I waited too long before I gave direction. Uh, another thing was, uh, I'd say earlier in my um, marriage um, and ministry at that time, uh, I was a Sunday school teacher in a particular congregation. And if you're not familiar with Sunday school, that was uh, teaching that was done separate before there was what we call the formal worship service. Correct. So I was teaching as class, and it was very popular. People were actually coming to that congregation just for that class, sure. not the rest of the involvement. And so there was a real pressure on me to perform and do this well, a pressure that I put on myself. Right. And so every Saturday, I started getting uptight, and I was just focused on Sunday morning and this teaching, and I wasn't really present with my wife. Right, I, wasn't, right. I wasn't fun to be with, um, mm -hmm. and I was all consumed with, I've got to do this well. And so finally, one day, my wife Marion said to me, this has got to stop. You either need to stop teaching or you need to be able to do this without being so mm -hmm. fearful and performance oriented and uptight and so forth. And so that's what I, I needed, that challenge. And uh, I was able to, um, through some personal ministry and so forth, uh, realize that I was performing rather than ministering. That's interesting. And so I was able to work through that where I could be prepared, be sure. well prepared, of course, be a sense of uh, responsibility mm -hmm. and weightiness to it, mm -hmm. but without it putting me in bondage and making me uptight and making me unsociable, et cetera. That's, um, that's, help. that's yes. helpful, yeah. I'm sure many pastors have felt that way. In fact, many who lead boards or in businesses have felt that way too, so that's very, very helpful. What would you say to a younger leader who would ask you for advice on how to be a healthy leader? What would you say? Well, I would say, first of all, learn to honor the rhythm of detachment to uh -huh. gain perspective. Okay. And uh, I would say also have a mentor and be a mentor. That's good. Good. Uh, that interaction with others in that way. And choose some anchor point that you're going to use as your framework for your character and your personal discipline. Mm. Now, for me, it's a paperclip. Yeah, I've heard this. This is good. Explain that. So the paperclip is something that you know, you put on 
pieces of paper to hold it together. And you can have paper clips at home and paper clips at the office. Now, I realize people have a different level of conscience on this, so I'm not projecting this other. But it's for me, I will never take a paper clip from the office home without returning it or an equal number of paper clips. Because those paper clips from the office belong to the ministry. They do not belong to me personally. That's good. So the paper clip, because I have a discipline that I will not use a ministry paper clip for personal reasons, that is, now it's a very fine-tuned um, <laughs> a boundary, if you will. Of course. But if I honor that, then that sets me up to honor all other boundaries. Exactly. Exactly. It's really good. So the point is, choose something that is your way of saying, this is my limit. This represents integrity for me in the ministry. There you got it, everybody. The, the principle of the paperclip. I've heard that before. I've never, never forgotten it. Yeah. You know, have you had mentors in your life, Keith? And if so, what did that look like? I have, you know, mentors from reading some books and... Sure. And listening we to some those. preachers, you know, the, those kinds of things. But I never had a personal mentor. Hmm. I've had people who believed in me and gave me opportunities, right. but to sit down and talk with them and so forth. My experience has been, like I said before, every situation I have been in, I emerged right. into the leader in that situation. So I contacted people that I thought would be a good mentor. (laughs) And I went to them with the purpose of asking them to be my mentor. And through the conversation, they turned around and started sharing with me and I became the listener. And been there, done uh, that. (laughs) And I didn't get a mentor out of this. And so I've never had a personal mentor in that sense. However, recently I have been able to uh, engage a person as a spiritual director, and I feel very good about it, this is a person that I had spotted and encouraged and empowered in their ministry, and they blossomed in their ministry, and now I'm able to uh, receive from them, and we've been able to make that transition where this person is serving me by leading me through this process. Yeah, and there would be a type of a mentor. Keith, how old are you? I am 76. All right, everyone. Keith is 76. He found a mentor. He found a spiritual director. So if you say, well, I don't think whatever happened to me, you keep believing God and trust him to do it. Yes. Keep casting your bread upon the waters, mentoring yes. others. It shall return in many days. It shall happen. I remember for years, I didn't have a mentor. And Keith, you became a mentor. And a few others in my life have been a great blessing to me. But I went for many years, but realized I need a need to be a mentor and trust God to bring them into my life. You waited a long time, but God is faithful and brought you someone at this season of your life. It's fantastic. It's great. So what are some, um, what are some changes you see in, in leadership today? You know, what, what's changed compared to how you, when you were younger, were in leadership? You see changes today? What are some changes? I realize I don't have the full scope of history on this, but it seems to me that the stakes of failure and wounding others are much higher now than they used to be. Perhaps I I haven't thought of that in that way, but I think you're right. Perhaps because of the media we have, the the social media, the the capacity for things to go global. 
So yeah, when a yeah. leader fails or hurts right. someone else, right. it, it affects more people. So what are some key issues you find facing leaders today? Well, I would say how to honor God's design for man and woman. Okay. And that men and women can partner in leadership. Yeah. And uh, I basically come to accept that there's this full range in the body of Christ. Do whatever you can to partner mm. by honoring the maleness, Beautiful. the femaleness uh, in it. Make sure that both voices are involved in discernment, mm -hmm. however you set that up, mm -hmm. and so forth. Um, I would say another key issue is how directive and authoritative to be. Mm -hmm. uh, there's much less receptivity in the world at large to authority. That's true. And um, how to creatively give direction and be in the forefront to be the first to take a step yeah. and a degree to which to call for people to follow, it's challenging. Yeah, it sure is. Of course, leaders need leaders, leaders need help. Uh, you founded Teaching the Word Ministries uh, over many, many years, and uh, today still a vital part of that ministry with many others. Just take a mo moment and explain to us if someone needs help and uh, they want to reach out to Teaching the Word Ministries, what does Teaching the Word Ministries do that could help them? Well, we listen and help people to clarify their identity, their direction, their purpose. And um, we help them to hear God in the presence of the Lord. And with those, with that framework, it can be one-on-one uh, -on -one mentoring. It can be problem solving with the team or okay. board. It can be evaluating and coming up with um, a way forward. Sure. Uh, uh, it can be resources of um, truth or teaching uh, that empower them to do what they're called to do. And again, you work with business leaders, you work with uh, community organizations, uh, nonprofits, churches, pastors, you know, whatever level, even individuals, whatever level is needed. So that's teaching the word ministries again. Uh, on the show notes, uh, you can see after the, uh, we're, we're through, you can check out the show notes of this podcast, and all that information will be on there where people can contact you, Keith, or contact anyone involved in the team that, that is, is with you. Now, this book, Healthy Leaders, has been a great blessing to me. Uh, I already mentioned the, the importance of picking up the book, Presence-Based Leadership. Healthy Leaders, why should somebody read this book? You wrote this years ago, and I devoured it. I remember years ago, it helped me so much. It gave me understanding of boundaries in my life and many things like that. Uh, take a minute and tell us why someone should read this book. Well, everyone is looking for a sense of who they are. And so clarifying your identity is foundational to leadership. Yes. And Jesus knew who he was where he came from, where he was going. He knew the Father affirmed him. He knew he had all authority. Then he picked up a towel, picked right. up a basin, right. and washed his disciples' feet. Right. He did not cease to be a leader while he did that, but he did that out of his clear identity. Beautiful. And so the emphasis many times on servant leadership is, well, just do what the people want. It's, it's not rooted in the biblical model of Christ, That's which correct. is he knew who he was mm -hmm. and he's ministering out of that identity. Mm -hmm. And you can do you can serve in any way. In right. fact, leaders serve by leading. That's right. I guess one of the greatest things leaders are called to do is to truly to lead with a servant's heart. 
Yes. And so uh, when you clarify your identity, then it's very natural to perceive the direction you have, and you can pursue that direction with confidence. Beautiful. Keith, you have so many uh, tools here to help leaders, and I'm just going to mention a few, and, and you just give us a moment on each one. Overcoming Bondages from Past Generations. That's a tool, a little booklet you've written, helped a lot of people. Tell us why somebody might need that. Well, in the third of the Great Commandments, there's a condition associated with that. When we create an idol, that is what leads to passing the iniquities or the sins right. of the fathers That's under right. the third and fourth generations. Right. So this is a booklet that takes the biblical truth of how to identify traits that are passed from one generation to the next. Really good. And how to minister to that. Great. And again, all this on the show notes. You can pick any of these up that you want. Talk to us about your little book called Life Board. I like that. I've never re- I've This is that something anymore. that I recommend to leaders who may be leading an organization, but they have a whole wide range. Like they might have a business. Sure. They have their family. They have their finances. They have their, their larger friendships as well as whatever they're leading. And so this is a way in which they can have a group of people that are advisory that can speak into all those areas of our life. You still retain your own decision-making authority, but you have a group that is committed to see you fulfill your mission in life across your life. Life Board. Life Board. Pick it up. Life Board. Check out the show notes. Giving to Worship. Talk to us about that. So much of the motivation around offerings and giving of finances has been how it benefits you. Correct. And um, so this book is consists of meditations that can be used, whether at home mm. or in a worship service, to focus the giving around doing it as an act of worship to the Lord. Every pastor should have that book. You know, it's yes. a great, great book. And even if it, you just read the first three pages in the introduction, which outlines this, sure. it's worth it. But the meditations are give ideas or starters for laying a foundation for people to worship with their giving. Yeah. And there are 52 meditations there, one for each week of the year, and they are geared to um, certain truths about what worship is. So it's more than about giving, but it is a, a tool that I'm encouraging people Make sure that the motivation for giving is worship. Yeah, beautiful. You've written on sabbaticals. You've written in navigating your sabbatical. I know you believe strongly in sabbaticals. You've helped me with that in the past. Anything you want to say, take a a moment to talk about this book? Well, this is a tool that not only gives you the biblical foundation for it, but a lot of practical things about how to set up and conduct and and make the most of a sabbatical. So many tools, so many awesome tools, foundation stones, a tool for organizations, families, marriages, individuals. Keith Yoder, talk to us about that. This is a, a workbook that helps you collect your thoughts and bring together a purpose statement, Great. a mission statement, a vision statement, and your core values. <laughs> and the last things I want to mention here before I have you just share with us uh, your last closing thoughts, spiritual gift survey, gifts of grace, talk to us about that. Two different tools here that can help people. There are three basic 
kinds of spiritual gifts in the scripture. And the one kind are the gifts of grace or sometimes called motivational gifts right, or, or gifts of destiny or right. and uh, in Romans 12. So yep. this outlines the characteristics of them, how to function in them. And then there's a, an accompanying survey to awesome. assess one's strengths in that. Beautiful. Well, Keith, it's been so good to have you here. I want to give you opportunity to give any closing thoughts, any other significant life lessons, anything else you feel like, oh, I missed this today. Uh, I want to give you that opportunity here before we close today. It's been such a joy to have you and such a joy to work with you for all these years. I'm glad I can kind of share you with, you know, my friends from all over the world. It's been a real blessing for me. Uh, any, anything else you would like to say you feel like is really important to share here at the end? Well, thank you for this opportunity to affirm certain leadership principles. And I would just say there's always more to learn. Oh, that's good. And to learn from a variety of streams of faith, right. uh, Christian faith, throughout the world, mm -hmm. cross-culturally, mm -hmm. there's just so much we can learn. Uh, I find that like every, quote, mission trip, unquote, that I take, I come back receiving That's something so true, from others and how God's at work there. Yeah. And um, I also have found it important over the years Listen to people on the fringe. Mm -hmm. They are often thinking creatively or differently, or they see different perspectives. And many times they're not honored the way they should be. Mm -hmm. Listen to people on the fringe. You can learn a lot from them That's too. Great. Keith, thank you so much for joining me today. For everyone who's joined us over this podcast, check out the show notes. You can find Teaching the Word Ministries, more about Keith Yoder, all of many books, um, many different tools, spiritual gift survey, on and on. That can be a blessing to you. So, Keith, thank you again for joining me today. It was great to have you with me. The Lord bless you and all those who are enjoying this conversation as well. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Check out the show notes. This is Larry Crater Leadership Podcast, where we learn those small things and make those small decisions that really become huge for the next generation as we help others fulfill the destiny of God that the Lord has for their lives. So looking forward to having you back here for many, many more, interviewing people from literally all over the world who have leadership insights that could be a great blessing to us and help us on our leadership journey. Welcome to the journey, the journey of leadership, life and leadership, obeying Jesus and honoring him. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com.